Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to this week's Attacking Scrum podcast. European rugby is back and so is your premier Attacking Scrum lineup because Dan Killick is with me once again. How are you doing, Dan? Fighting fit, Jed. Um, little injury last week after the wedding. Uh, back to it now. <laughs> is that right? Yeah, well, we won't probe too, yeah. uh, too, uh, into too much detail around that wedding-related injury there, Dan. Well, um, you know, I was just glad to have you back fighting fit. It's a bit like all this speculation around Conor Murray's injuries. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll leave you to it, mate. I'll respect your privacy. I took my, uh, took my duties to the next level. Well, well played. I, um, yeah, I'm suffering from a slight injury myself with um, even just trying to get out of bed this morning. I've managed to crick my neck. So, uh, yeah, this is, a, this is a sign of the times. Your neck? Yeah. How old are you? You're right, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> This is the this is the problem. So yeah, we're, we're getting, falling apart. We're, we're falling getting apart. we're getting to that stage in the career, Dan, which is why we've been we've had you on squad rotation of late. Yeah. We've got to manage you carefully. It's like uh, you're the the Felice of this of this podcast. Yeah, or even the Henson. Even the Henson, exactly. But joking aside, we have got loads of rugby to talk through over the next uh, 45 minutes or so, and of course we'll be looking at European rugby, primarily at the Heineken Cup rugby, because it's bloody nigh on impossible to watch any Challenge Cup rugby, but nonetheless we'll be covering that as well, and also we've always got one eye on uh, the Autumn Internationals as the weather starts to get pretty ropey, which means that uh, we're getting very, very close to some uh, some international rugby as well. Um, and exactly like uh, like Gavin Henson, we're gonna we're gonna slot you around different roles, Dan, as well. So uh, we're gonna have you be the uh, be the question master for fact or fiction tonight, which uh, I'm sure you're relishing. Um, just before we do that, of course, big thanks to our sponsors at So Coffee Trades. Um, was hoping to catch up with Scott today, but it took me forever to get back from the Midlands. So uh, hoping to to chat to Scott Otten next week uh, of. Of course, the uh, the Ospreys hooker and uh, of the founder of So Coffee Trades.
to our sponsors who are, yeah, all round good guys and it's fantastic coffee. So make sure you head over to socoffeetrays.co.uk to get stuck into that. Right, fact or fiction, Daniel? Okay, one to five. One to five, all right. Well, you can give me a choice as well. There we go. Let's go four. Four, okay, okay. Cardiff Blues are now a better side than they were under Danny Wilson. Fact or fiction? This looked a really good question when I wrote it, thinking you were going to answer it first. Uh, <laughs> the late switching roles has, uh, has thrown me somewhat, actually. I, you. I know, I should have gone for an easy one to open, but I'd forgotten which order I'd written them down. Um, ooh, fiction at the moment. Oh, yeah, it's fiction at the moment. I'm going to go for fiction. However, I think they have the potential to be much better than uh, than they were under Wilson. And that's not to take anything away from Danny Wilson because I think the the coaches who were there, of course, not just Wilson, but Sherritt, who got those backs firing, uh, did a fantastic job of building, you know, building the, the foundations and that clear style of rugby. And let's be honest, only three or four weeks ago on this show, we were saying, oh, Cardiff Blues in a bit of crisis. So I don't think they're there just yet, but... Well, a few, yeah, there's, this, there's even a few calls for his head, isn't there? Yeah, yeah, I mean, you know, I think that was... That was way premature, but they were they were certainly struggling, and you did wonder what was going on there. But you've got to say that is a massive result, and as you know, I bemoan on this podcast a lot that sides who kind of go away going, yeah, losing bonus point would be a good result, and with ten you know ten points down and seemingly getting blown away in the first half, there was a hell of a lot of character shown by the Blues there, and when they get it right behind the scrum. They are deadly. They are absolutely deadly. And and you know over the turn the, the turnovers were just incredible. Um, yeah, Blues completely dominated the uh, the sort of battle, didn't they? The break, you know, the breakdown contact area. Well, do you know what? It's they one struggled of, a little bit of the scrum a bit. Uh, yeah, they they definitely struggled in the scrum. And it, look, I suppose it's one of those things. You take a risk when you pick a lightweight pack, and yeah. you know you've got in Macaulay Cook and Josh Turnbull, you've got two converted back rowers. And in the back row, again, you've, you've left out Nick Williams and you've got really three sevens in Robinson Jenkins and Navidi. And you could say the selection was absolutely spot on then. Well, it was. And I was worried. I had, yeah, I was worried certainly, you know, 20 minutes in when, when the Blues were in their half. Uh, well, sorry, in their 22, they made a fantastic break. They were struggling to get over the gain line. I thought, you know what? This is where you need Nick Williams. Smash through, get your yards and, and then you're going to be over. And, but the reality was, as the game panned out, that speed, that fitness, that ability to turn ball over when um, when it was required, that really is what um, that's that's what did for Leon. You know, they well, they they couldn't cope with it. Looking at it, though, it's, it's five back rowers playing. So. Yeah, it is really, isn't it? You know, and um, yeah. but that's that's the whole point, isn't it? You know, if you if he'd have wanted to go just for for pure heft, there were other options. You know, he could have started. He could have started Thornton um, if he if he'd wanted to to go for a more natural second row. Uh, yeah, I, I think Josh Temple is a is a second row these days. Um, I think he's he used to be able to play anywhere, doesn't he? He's a, he's a fantastic player. He does, but I think he's I think he's much more comfortable in the second row. I think that's where he's played his best rugby um, for Cardiff Blues. I, I've been really impressed with the way he's he's gone in there. Um, so yeah, you know, look you. You can't argue with the the way they played and getting that result. Um, you know, okay, it's Leon's first time in this tournament, but you get, you can only play what's in front of you. And getting a win away, and I think that's that huge win. It's a, it's huge, a huge win, win away, isn't it? 
and also, you know, as legs were legs were tiring and, and Leon got in for a try towards the end, you then thought, okay, right, this is going to be a stiff test of character. They continued to win those uh, to win those turnovers, and then when they win one down in the in the twenty two actually real good kind of level of professionalism to go all right we're not going to go for the bonus point and kick it to the corner um we're going to finish the game now and make sure that leon get out of this with nothing yeah it's 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 hugely impressive isn't it by when you look at when you look to that side you could see what what cardiff blues were looking to do and they went out and actually did it and delivered and you know to to, to pretty much to pretty much concede that you're gonna you're gonna struggle up front but play a different type of game is I, you know, it's, brilliant, it's brilliant management, isn't it? It's really, really good management. It is, and you know, I, I think the thing that's this, that makes them so exciting to watch is they kind of never—they're never really out of the game because they look—they looked for all money as though it was going to be Leon cantering to, to victory. They just looked too powerful in the first half, and then when they started to be able to, to win the turnovers and there was the interception try and um, and these kind of amazing moves off first phase ball, you kind of go, well. That that is what the Blues can do is they can blow you away in um in a matter of minutes and really that's yeah. that's how it happened those those sucker punches two tries really quick succession um, strike so quickly yeah and that and, and that uh, bodes well well a couple of players that need mentioning and uh, I'll let you let you let you finish them off but Thomas Williams off off you go Jed oh do you know what uh, as you know I'm a, I'm a massive fan but he was absolutely superb today and really up, I mean <laughs> he really what he really was you know I, I, Hans can pick up man of the match and quite deservedly and we'll get onto him in a bit but um the way that that Thomas Williams kind of just looked to attack you know I think his service was was generally very good that kind of was the difference because his opposite number is much more of a kicking pragmatic nine. Um, and to be fair, you know, to be fair, he did set up a try himself, but I think that's, that's really where the game was won is he just looked like such a threat, um, and was able to get, get a lot out of, uh, out of the backs outside him. Uh, I, I just, I'm, I'm so impressed with him. I'm so impressed with him. He would, he would start for me, uh, for Wales against Scotland in, uh, in a few weeks time. Uh, I think a few, but a good number of people would, would probably agree with you there as well. So. Yeah, it's a fascinating battle because Gareth Davis. It? It's a fast. Yeah, exactly. It is heating up, and it's a fascinating battle because Gareth Davis got on the score sheet again on uh, on Saturday for the Scarlets, and you know he continues to just to get over that try line. And you, you know, every time you kind of think, oh, right, he's having a bit of an off game here, he pops up with a he pops up with a really telling contribution. So it's it's amazing to have these two here. The great thing about those those guys, well, they do genuinely offer something different as well. Don't they? They're not they're they're definitely not like for like. Um, do you think? Well, how, how do you assess that? You, you take a keen interest in uh, in nine in number nine play, Dan. How do you kind of how do you see them? And going off on a slight tangent, how do you see them kind of playing in the Welsh squad? You know, how would you be looking to utilise them if you were Gatland? I mean, I probably um, I probably start with with Gareth. Um, and then have Thomas Thomas Williams coming off the bench when when people are starting to tire a little bit because he's dangerous from the off anyway. But he's you know if he if he's coming on absolutely fresh, he's not the type of guy that you that that, that you want to be facing, is he? Um, I don't think well, I don't think either are. That's the beauty. Yeah, I, I think that whoever, if you bring one of, when it you know it comes to sixty odd minutes and you're bringing either Thomas Williams or Gareth Davis off the bench. I don't think any side is going to is going to enjoy that. 
my, my main concern with those two is that we don't we haven't got an out and out controlling nine with those two. Um, but then, or do we just think, look, let's go for it and and have two guys that are out and out attacking? I know what you're uh, saying. This is the Cowbridge Mafia speaking again, isn't it? It's like let's let's start Lloyd oh. Williams, start Lloyd Williams, give Lloyd sixty odd minutes, and then bring one of those two off the bench. No, I mean Alec. No, but I, yeah, I do think Lloyd's a controlling nine. But Alec, there's there's a few nines floating around that are, that play differently. Um, but. You know, your probably take on it would be no. Let's go all out, wouldn't it? And, yeah, it um, would. It would. No, I th- I'm, not, I'm not disagreeing <laughs> with that. You know, um, I'm not disagreeing with that for the, for the, you know, for um, for the autumn. I think we've got to be we've got to be looking towards this World Cup, haven't we? And we need to see we need to see more of we certainly need to see more of Thomas Williams on the international stage. I agree. All right, let's uh, let's move on. I'm, we're going to we're going to talk a bit more about about Cardiff and of course uh, about Wales as we as we go on throughout the fact or fiction into the, the latter part of the podcast. But, uh, yeah, let's, let's move on to the next one then, Dan. Okay, so you, that, was, you that can, was number four. You can, you, can choose, you can choose the next one. Throw the next one for me, whichever one you want. Okay, let's go for number two, which is Scarlet will struggle to get out of the group following defeat against Racing. Fact or fiction? Um, hmm, tough one again. I think... <sighs> So I'm going to say recap for you. So Leicester, yeah, Ulster, yeah, and then, yeah, Scarlet, no, of course, so. Racing, yeah. Um, I'm going to say fiction because I just think that it's of such a similar position to to last year, and that game yeah. has so many parallels to the Bath game that they really played at home. You know, it was lashing it down, and obviously it's a it's a different side to to the side that they had last um, last season. They had that game won for me, to be honest. I, th- I think they had it won. And That's the most disappointing thing, isn't it? That yeah. And it, it, it should have been a win. Yeah, and you don't often see Lee Halfpenny miss a conversion as straightforward yeah. as that. And if he slots that, it's a different it's a different scenario. That gives you the buffer you need. Um, and it's a completely different game then. So really, they, they should have won that game. Um, and I think there's going to be was some... it a penalty try? Yeah, I think it was actually. I, yeah, I think he, I think he was preventing. I think he was preventing a try. It's a penalty try, and it's a, it's a yellow card. It stung. It stung at the time because I looked at it. I thought, oh, God, he's blown that early. And then when you see it on the replays, I think I actually think it was. Um, did you have to watch it a few times though? I know I did. Yeah, I did. But you know, fair play to fair play for getting it. I think that I think that was the right call actually. Yeah, I, I, on on reflection, I. Uh... I thought it was harsh at the time, and you. But it's you know they were going forward, aren't they? It was. They were going to get. They were going to get over the line anyway. I think one call there. Yeah, one call. They were going to get over the line anyway, or you know eventually. And I think when you yeah when you when you it just looked that that cynical that I don't think he really had a choice. There didn't seem to be many complaints from Gareth Davis to be fair, Uh, and obviously the the problem is, is if they'd gone over in the corner. And it's a kick to win it. That might be a bit of a different scenario, but yeah. when it's a penalty try, you don't need to convert it. So, yeah, that's a, it's a massive so, kick in the so teeth. So difficult though, also for him, wasn't it? Because it's either it's either make the tackle or, or 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 just let him go over the line. Yeah, and I think your instincts and, and, take over then, don't they? Yeah, yeah. You, know, you know, you're pumped up. You, I mean, yeah, yeah, it's very very tricky for him. Very very tricky. Yeah, it is. I, I just think it's um, it's it's a really really tricky one. That said, I think if you look at the rest of the group, 
it's not unthinkable to think the Scarlets could go to Paris and and come away with something against Racing. And the other teams, I think, uh, are definitely beatable. You know, I think they're definitely beatable. We've seen some ding-dongs between Scarlets and Clenetli and Leicester over the years. Well, Leicester, this is a big one now, is it? Yeah, it is. It's a must-win game, that. It is a must-win game, and I think they'll. I think they'll go there. There'll be some very, very tough questions asked in training this week. I know there's a few things that went against them, and we'll, we'll get onto that in the second part of the show. But you know, I, I think it's going to be a tough training session this week. Some hard training, and I think Pivak and Pivak. Cunningham, Jones, Hayward, they're going to be putting the players through their paces and, and they'll know, they will be disappointed to have, to have thrown that game away. So you're going with Fix, you're backing the Scarlets to make, to, to, to qualify, yeah? Well, I'm certainly backing them. I don't think they're going to struggle. You know, I think they're, I think they still have a great opportunity to do it. It's a massively disappointing start, but we know they're made of tough stuff and let, next week is massive and then after Christmas, you know, hopefully the weather will will be at least a little bit less wet. Um, you know, not that that's a reliant, but it, it helped them. It certainly helped them um, help them this year. So, look, I, I certainly wouldn't be writing them off at this stage. And it's still a new set of players, so I still think they're getting used to playing with each other. Um, and obviously there was injuries and stuff as well. So, no, look, I think they're... Nothing to fear. There's nothing to fear, is there? Yeah, I wouldn't be writing them off, certainly. No. And, yeah, it's surprising amount of symmetry to... Uh, to the last campaign, so let's, uh, let's hope it goes well anyway. Okay. Yes, all right. Uh, so let's go with number three, which is if BT don't televise the Challenge Cup, they don't deserve the rights to the Champions Cup. Fact or fiction? Fact. Uh, this has got right under my skin. Yeah, uh, I, I don't know whose decision this is, but if you're not even going to stick it on telly, why bother? Like, I, I, I really don't understand that. So BT have the rights for the European Cup and for the Challenge Cup. And if you can't staff it enough to show the games, then give it to someone else. Stick it on Channel 4, where they've got some Heineken Cup rugby already. Um, put it free to air. To, how many times do I say this on, the, on this podcast as well? To have a, a shop window for, for the European game, be it Challenge Cup. You know, there's still some massive sides in there. Yeah, you, know, I'm not, you, can't, you can't watch it if you want to. No, it's it just crazy. It's a really, really strange um, setup for me. And I, I think it's really disappointing in this day and age where you live, we live in a, you know, an on-demand world. You're able to get whatever you want on demand. And look, if that's what the punter wants, that's what you, that's what you've got to keep up with, I'm afraid. So for me, I think it's, I think it's massively disappointing. Um, but you know what I mean like that? You live in a world now where you can get in a, you can get in an Uber to take you to, to wherever you want in an instant time. You can have food delivered to your doorstep via your mobile phone. You can watch Netflix straight away, or in your case, you know, you can watch whatever latest period drama on BBC is. You know, you... you <laughs> it's what? Can you, do you know what? I have heard that's good, but I haven't seen it yet, so uh, oh, I'll, I'll get, get on to that one. A few, a few of my pals have, have actually, yeah, said that they've heard that that's, that's uh, quite good. Probably gives a couple of American accents in there. So, oh, that's uh, it. It gives a bit more credibility, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know what I mean? In, in, this, in this day and age, that's what you're competing in. It's a really... It's a really competitive marketplace out there for for people's attention, and you know I'm not saying having the Challenge Cup is gonna is gonna change all that, but if you are a rugby fan and you're paying for BT, I don't think it's I think it's unreasonable to to suggest that you're able to watch to watch the the Challenge Cup as well. So 
is it down to audiences and they've looked at it and gone, there's, there's just not the appetite, so we won't bother. But even if it is, stick it, stick it on the red, it stick it on the red button, you know, I'm sorry, but I, I, you know, if that's the case, then, then it should go to another broadcaster who's able to, who's, who's able to, to make the most of it. I, I think it's bitterly disappointing, to be honest. Um, yeah. and if, if it's not worth televising, then it's not worth having the tournament. Give the players a week off. Yeah, I would, honestly, I would do that. If, if you don't think it's, it's worth putting on television, don't have it. We're always saying how uh, how congested the the fixture list is anyway. If that's how you feel about it, that it's not worth putting on television, can it off? Yeah. What do you think? Um. I mean, yeah, that's. I can't really argue against that. Really, it's 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 so disappointing, isn't it? That there's there's a lot of people. Okay, you know, nowhere near as many people that want to watch uh, as want to watch the. The, um, the Heineken Cup, but it's there's a competition there, and it is it is supposed to be a competition. So if you can't, if it, it basically devalues the whole, you know, the whole tournament yeah. isn't it? by not if they're not showing it, then it, it's sort of what hope does it give to to the players and to anyone else? It, it, you know, it just it just makes a bit of a mockery of it, really. Yeah, I, I um, think so. And it it should be available somewhere. Um, yeah, I, it, I I think that it yeah. needs to be a platform. Even when, um, you know, because I used to really like the Anglo-Welsh Cup when it was on BBC One and it wasn't played as a development tournament. You know, and I understand that that, uh, that changed and it had to change. But, you know, that was good. You know, you think back to that day when um, when Cardiff pumped Gloucester at, at Twickenham. You know, that was yeah. that was great to watch. You think the finals between Leicester and Ospreys, they were they were great big days out of rugby, you know. Packed out, uh, packed out stadiums, and, and it was good quality rugby. But even when they switched the Anglo Cup, the Anglo Cup to being a, a development tournament, you know, it was still on Sky. It was still on somewhere. You could still watch it. I, I just don't understand what the what the thought is. And in this day and age, and unless I've missed this, um, be it Facebook Live, be it live streaming. You know, we said the the, the preseason friendly we saw between Saracens and the Ospreys. Saracens put it up on their on their Facebook live stream uh, and it did some really encouraging numbers. So it's just like, get, get it somewhere in the shop window. If, if I have yeah, missed that's that a good point, they, they, they could have at a minimum could have done something like that when there is at least you can get, you can you know, a proportion of people can get to that. Yeah. You know, look. if I've missed it, then, you know, I'm part apologize for that, but also it, it should be more widely advertised. If, you know, someone as big a rugby nerd as me, who, you know, we we give up our time to to do a Welsh rugby podcast. If we don't know it's on, then you know it, it's not I mean, been marketed right. in the right way. So, yeah. yeah, bitterly disappointing for me, Dan. Yeah, I'm with you 100 percent there, and I'm sure a lot of people, a lot of other people are as well. All okay, right. So, well, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. We got we got a couple to go. So at this point, we normally normally take a quick break, which is what we're going to do right now. But we've still got a couple of interesting ones to go on fact or fiction. Um, we have a little bit, um, a little bit more of a look at the Challenge Cup in terms of what happened on the pitch, and we've got any other business, which uh, is a, a roundup of. Um, a roundup for all the other news. Uh, so that's to come in the second half of the show, and that will be after a very quick break. Right, Dan, two to go on Factual Fiction. Uh, which one are you going to throw at me? We're going to go with number one. I like this one. <laughs> so, 
Anscombe has put himself in the box seat to start for Wales in the autumn, fact or fiction. And I like the way it doesn't specify in what position. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, there's, We're there's, going to come up with that. Yeah, well, of course, naturally. We, there's, um, there's a couple of ways of looking at this. Um, so it depends how you want me to answer this. Um, I'll give you a politician's answer here, I think. Do you want me to answer it as if it's me or as if what I think Gatlin's going to do? Both. All right. I think he's in a very, very strong position. I think Warren Gatlin will start him against Scotland at 10. At um, 10, yeah. Yes, I think he will start him at 10. Um, and the reason okay. for being at 10 is he has played a fair amount of rugby there this season. So it's not as if he's been playing solely at 15 for, uh, for Cardiff Blues. I think, you know, aside from a uncharacteristic goal-kicking error from, from Lee Halfpenny, Halfpenny's been in great form and I think will start at 15 for Wales. Uh, so that that then means that it is about whether whether it's him or, or Patchell or Bigger at 10. And I think he's wanting to have a look and, and try a few different things. So I think this is... I think this is going to be Gareth Anscombe's big opportunity, really. That's what I think Gatlin will do. Well, we know he likes him at 10 as well, doesn't yeah. he? Yeah. Gatlin's a, a huge fan of his. Um, and I would say that at the moment, he's he's playing he's playing the best rugby, isn't he, that we've seen from him. And, oh, yeah. You know, it's it's not by coincidence either that he's, in, he's, he's shaking off the injuries, isn't he? Because... He was carrying he was carrying a number of injuries before, and he's he's, he's come out and said it, hasn't he? That even when he was playing, he wasn't right. Yeah. Um, and what a performance from him today! Yeah, it was absolutely amazing, and the try in particular just showed what he's what he's capable of doing. And we definitely have seen glimpses of that in the Wales shirt. You know, we saw him kind of carve England open uh, at points um, in the the second half of that game at Twickenham this season, and. Yeah, yeah he's never we, played badly at ten, has he? Either he's never. He, okay, he hasn't. He hasn't sort of. Uh, he hasn't sort of lit the you know lit the, lit the stadium up at times. But he, I don't think for me he's never played poorly. No, um, no I, I think you're right, and um, which which is exciting for me because there's there's I think there's really big things to come from him. Yeah, I, th- I think so too. I mean the 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 thing where it differs for me slightly is. I personally would be going with Patchell at 10. Uh, I'm a big fan of Patchell and I, I think, you know, as we discussed on last week's podcast, I just think he's got such a such a fantastic game and with a number of Scarlets outside and there's that familiarity, I think now is the time to be getting him into that slot. Now, I think Anscombe is, an, is another fantastic option and I think in the late stages of a game, Having Patchell at 10 and Anscombe at 15 or, you know, I'm, I'm just so keen on seeing these dual playmakers on the go. But I think particularly in the later stages of a game when there's going to be less pressure on Anscombe under the high ball, which is probably not his the strongest asset of his game. I would love to see Patchell and Anscombe playing in uh, playing in tandem towards the end of a game. I think that's a great attacking option, and obviously he covers he covers ten as well. So if it's a you know if it's a tighter game and you're looking to close it out, you've got no problem bringing him on at ten, and and having Halfpenny still do the you know the defensive job at, at fifteen. So for me, I would personally be looking at, at Gareth Anscombe as my ten fifteen cover on the bench. 
And not not just cover, but your 10, 15 replacement. Well, yeah, I mean, he's he's an incredible guy to have on the bench, isn't he? Because he covers so many positions. But I I think we've got to make um, we've got to make room for him. So are you starting him at 10 then, Dan? I am at the moment, yeah. I'm starting him at 10. Um, you know, you know that I, you know who I've got at, uh, at 15. Yeah. Um, to be I fair, you've, you've never, you, yeah, you've been massively consistent on that. Yeah. But then you look at the wings then and we've got, we've got, we've got great choice, haven't we? Um, all of a sudden almost. You know, not many people talking about Liam Williams at the moment. I you know, know, yeah. Well, that, you know, all on fire. Yes. Yeah. I, I think for me, it's kind of like, uh, I don't know. I think I think both of those guys will start. I think it'll be North Williams, Halfpenny as your back three, um, just because they're in they're in such good form. And it's great to see George back in back in the form that we we know he's capable of. Because when he plays that well, he's he's, he's definitely world class. And it's really good to see him stay injury free and just have that that level of confidence again is is fantastic. Liam Willis has been in rich try scoring form for Saracens. And yeah, and Halfpenny has shown that he's certainly returning to form. So, you know, it's that is that's all really really encouraging. Plus, you've got you know a number of um, a number of talented youngsters coming through. So it looks a hell of a lot better than it did kind of a year ago. Yeah, it does. We we we're definitely getting stronger in the strength and depth department, aren't we? And I I'm so excited now for the World Cup. I mean, it's you know it's soon going to come around, isn't it? And that's why I think that um, Anscombe, um, you know, Anscombe will uh, will be given a, a fair crack of the whip at uh, at ten. You could probably say that he was given he was given probably too much of a chance maybe beforehand uh, when he wasn't playing. You know, he wasn't playing as well as he's playing now. Mm. Um, I think that was you know, we mentioned that, hadn't we? That you know, Patchell uh, Patchell was overlooked at times when he was playing the better rugby. Yeah, and there's obviously something there that that that. that the uh, the Welsh guys are seeing that they want to give him these opportunities, and now with him playing this well, I think he's. He, I think he'll definitely be there. Um, but um, do you what think Ten's his best position then? Yeah, I do think. For, I I do think now that he is a he is a ten. Um, but but because he's because his skill set's so strong, he can play at fullback and he looks good. Um, but he, he, he was so da- he was so dangerous at ten, wasn't he? When he was playing with those injuries, mm. um, you know he was all you know he was opening up teams at times. And if he can stay fit, I think he'll be such a dangerous option at ten. And people, you can't read him. He's very very difficult to read. He's so quick. Um, he's deceptively strong. His kicking game's incredible. Like his kicking game is he's so so good, isn't it? Um, and yeah, I. I I don't think he's a he's a guy that, that teams would fancy playing against. No, I think I think you might well be right on that, and uh, it's going to be fascinating to see when the the squad does get named. But what a position for us to be in! You yeah, know, it is great, isn't it? You know, you know, bigger, you know, bigger there is as just being an absolute rock. You know, Anscombe, it's you know Jared, you know Jared, is he? You know, will he come? Will he come through? It's you know we haven't had this, have we? No, I think we're in a really, I think we're in a really good position, and that's exactly what you need. You need it going into a World Cup. Uh, you know, this deep into a World Cup cycle, it is a really good position to be in. And even like we were saying, you know, 12 months ago, back three was was looking a, a lot more. Well, probably even six months ago, it was looking a, a lot more threadbare. So it's really good to have these options, and you know, there's there's everything to play for now. It puts 
it puts a lot of um a lot of the spotlight on uh on these these awesome games um yeah, you know it's, it's great to have um it's great to have isn't it the you know Cardiff Blues and and the Scars as well playing you know playing in pool 3 and pool 4 um you know picking some real quality opposition yeah they, yeah it is it's good, yeah and um I think it was particularly good. Like I say, I think I think Scarlets will bounce back, and we, we've kind of seen their pedigree over the last uh, over the last couple of seasons. But I think it's good for the Blues to make a winning return as well. That you know that'll give that'll give confidence. So yeah, exciting stuff. Right, what's the last one? Okay, last one is uh, surprised by this one actually from uh, from you, but Dragons should play Romanian opposition every week. <laughs> Fact or fiction? Um, yeah, well. Facts, well, man. no, I, I it's, it's, um, I'm joking a little bit, of course. And yeah. look, actually, do you know what? I'm quite, I'm really quite pleased to see, to see that we took it seriously, took a serious side over there, did the job. Um, good to see our, our mate Elliot getting on the, the score sheet a couple of times yeah. as well. Um, because I, I, it's a side that's been so low on confidence for so long that, it was another potential damaging result. How, you know, how many times we've we seen us, we've go over to Russia or one of these really difficult places to, to play and, and we lose that game and it does nothing for morale coming away from that. Even if you go with a, a weakened side, it, it can't help coming back and saying, oh, well, you know, never mind. It was a, it was a, it was an A side we took over there. So I'm, I'm glad they took it seriously and. Well, it's a big, big win, wasn't it? Eight tries in total. Yeah, I think so. And, um, it's one. It's one of those where you, I think you just need um, you need to get the win. And actually, taking this this tournament seriously is probably no bad thing. I, it, momentum and confidence are the are the key things for me. It's just building, yeah, it's building wins, isn't it? Building wins, getting getting a feel good around the squad. Um, and they've done it. You know, it, and it's you know the Trackers have have struggled, haven't they, on uh, you know size like this? So. Um, it was by no means a definite win, was it? No, well, again, they're, they're not a side I know a lot about. Can't, you know, can't lie about that. But, um, yeah, at the same time, look, it's all about going there and getting the win. And if you go and, and you you rack up a load of tries, can't be a bad thing, can it? No, no, very good. Very good. Um, there we go. All right, yeah, we'll, we'll, yeah, we'll, we'll, leave, we'll leave that one. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, keep, yeah. That one, keep that one short. Yeah, we'll keep that one short. Exactly. So yeah, that brings us to an end for uh, for fact or fiction. We've because um, uh, we're a little bit um, we're a little bit earlier doing this today. Didn't give a, a massive opportunity for listeners' questions, but if you do want uh, us to cover anything on the podcast going forward, make sure you get in touch with us at Attacking Scrum. Uh, you can uh, join us on our Facebook page by liking that, or there is a Facebook group called Wales Rugby Fans, which just gets bigger and bigger and bigger every week. So make sure you get on there uh, and get stuck in, start plenty of chat. So it gives you a place to, to talk about Welsh rugby throughout the week uh, when when we're not on as well. So, yeah, great to see that grow. But if you want us to uh, to answer a question, you can you can do that on there as well. So we've just got one for you uh, this week, Dan. And it's come from Pete Harris. And uh, it says, uh, with O'Brien playing well after a shaky start, it was a very shaky start, uh, I have to say. Um, oh, he, was, yeah, he was poor, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. You know, he was clearly suffering from... Um, from the nerves of the occasion, I think, and and that sh- that showed. Uh, how much did Scarlett's miss Patchell, and would they have won the game with him? Yeah, for for me, undoubtedly, the Scarlets would have won the game. If, yeah, um, if Pat- yeah, if Patchell had been playing. Yeah, I mean, 
Scottis could have and, and should have won that game. Um, and if you know, if Patchell was there, it, 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 I would I would have said that Scottis would have you know would have won that by uh, you know by probably uh, you know ten points. I thought that you know I, I thought the Scarlets were were comfortable. Um, well, they were strugg- they, they struggled because of their own errors at times, but you know, putting themselves under under pressure. I think some of the line outs didn't quite go to go to plan. You know, Owens uh missed a few, didn't he? Um Yeah. But I think with with uh with Patchell there it would have been it would have been a definite Scarlet's win. Are you do you agree with me? Yeah, I do. And I think you know what, I thought they looked a damn sight better when, when Dan James came off the bench. Um Yeah. He played well, didn't he? Yeah, I mean, obviously, I, first off, I do feel for I do feel for Angus O'Brien. It's a tough, it's a tough one, and obviously the occasion got to him a bit. And to be going in the space of you know in the space of twelve months playing for Cross Keys in the Welsh Prem to playing for to playing for the Scarlets uh, against Racing in the in the Champions Cup was was yeah. a big ask. And I think arguably you could say that that Pivac got that selection wrong. And you know, it's not often that we say that. But I just think you need Dan Jones in there, and he kind of showed what he's capable of doing because the kicking game was a lot better in the uh, in the second half. And you just think, yeah, with, with Patchell on during that game when it's tough, windy conditions, I think that I think that would definitely have helped. Yeah. Although, like we I said, think it would have yeah. into the like the, the mindset as well of the of the other players, knowing that you know, as you just pointed out there, you know, they would have also known that Frank O'Brien is a massive step up, huge call. And so they're going to be aware of him, you know, playing in, you know, arguably the, the most important of positions. And um it would have it would have it would have gone into the mindset of the Scarlet's players. Um just 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 naturally that will happen, won't it? Yeah, I think you're right. No, I, th- I think you're right. So yeah, for me it, it, the difference did show Still should have won the game for me, as, as, as we covered earlier. But yeah, I think that was a big, um, uh, obviously a, a, a big loss for them. But you know that's that's going to happen throughout the season. That's why you have, that's why you need strength and depth in your in your squad. And um, you know, I, I think I still think Angus O'Brien might turn out to be a, a decent recruit for uh, for the Scarlets. But uh, yeah, it was a, a difficult game for him. Yeah, I definitely feel him going off as well. Yeah, I do as well. I, I back him. I think it, it'll in the long run it'll. It'll really, it'll really help him. But it's, it's, um, it's a tough day at the office for him. But he'll, he'll come through it strongly. Yeah, I think you're right. And we should actually just have um, a quick word for the Ospreys as well. Yeah. So, good, good win. Um, obviously, a win to nil, getting the bonus points. Uh, some, you know, I think some, some encouraging things. Having, having read the reports, so that obviously a uh, uh, try scoring debut for, for Harry Morgan, having come off the bench. You know, yeah, Keelan, headlines, yeah, you know, you've got Keelan Giles uh, coming back after a, a long way off, which is <laughs> really, really encouraging. And who knows, maybe a um, another option for Wales at some point. Yeah, it, it is. Forgotten, you know, forgotten about him. Yeah, no, you're exactly right. And um, that's... Uh, that's that's certainly something that's, that's encouraging for the Ospreys and for for Wales and, and could you know give a bit more depth in the in the back three going into World Cup year. So yeah, very good win for them. What I'd say on this though, Dan, is you know if you given the, the kind of the, the squad rotation that we criticised the uh, the Ospreys for against Munster, how would you uh, how would you handle this tournament? Would you be taking it seriously, or would you uh, would you be looking to to give players a rest? 
I think you've, you know, I think you've got you you, you give players you, know, you give players a rest if they if they need a rest, um, but you've got to make sure the balance is right, haven't you? Because I still think that so much you know so much good you know so much good comes from winning, doesn't it? Um, in and around the camp, and the problem we've got is that so many of of our squads are so so light, aren't they? So mm. thin. Um, so you know, fans are in. Fans are almost on one side, and then you've got you know the coaches and and, and the owners of the clubs in another camp. Um, pundits almost in another camp. It's really tricky. You almost you know you almost wouldn't want the job, would you? Um, it, it's. I think it's just, it just it just comes down to a balancing act, um, really. Of giving, you've got to have you've got to have a mix of experience, haven't you, with youth. Um, you know, say you know, say age old stuff, isn't it? But that's what that's that's my take on it. No, if, yeah, fair if, enough. If you it? can get that, though, you know, sometimes you can't get that, can you? There's no option to. Yeah, I do. I do. I think you're right. I think if you can find that, if you can find that balance, that makes a big, um, that makes a big difference because it's not. It's so rare that wholesale changes actually result in a, in a positive, a positive um, outcome. You know, I just think it, it it proves to be too disruptive. So yeah, if you can find that balance of being able to blood a few players, give a few key players a rest, uh, and still get the result, that's the, that's the dream, isn't it? Really. Yeah, it is. Yeah, make sure you've got a couple. Make sure that some of the com- the core combinations are strong if you can, and then uh, you've got half a chance then. Exactly right. So let's move on to any other business. The final part of the show, and it's a particularly busy uh, any other business this mm. week as well because loads has happened this week. I want to start with the um, the Wales squad announcement though, which is coming up in uh, on Tuesday. So a few injury concerns. Obviously, Toby Falatau is going to miss the um, is going to miss the. The whole of the the whole of the autumn, presumably with a with broken arm. And uh, first of all, how big a blow is that, Dan? And secondly, is it a straight shoe in for Moriarty to to start those games now? I mean, it's a massive blow, isn't it? But it it, it might actually turn out to be uh, a blessing in disguise in a way because we'll be able to we'll be able to um, you know see see a couple of other players playing at eight. Um, and I wonder whether we might. Place we we might play somebody there that um, uh, you know probably you know Moriarty will be called Navidi but whether we'll, whether we'll try one of the other back rowers in there because if they pick up an injury you know we are light at eight aren't we so I actually think that this might this could well pay off in a in a strange and bizarre way any um yeah I mean you, you mentioned there that we're light obviously. Like we said, Moriarty would be the favourite candidate to start there, certainly in the, the big games. Navidi has played a fair amount of rugby at eight, and you'd expect to be in that squad. Where else are you looking after that? Is it a Seb Davis moving to eight, James King, McLeod? What, what would you do if you were, if you were Gatland? Yeah, I think you know, somebody, like, somebody like McLeod, I mean, every single time he's come on, he's, he's, he's played brilliantly, hasn't he? Um, you know, can he do that at international level? Um, you know, we're, we're, we're not going to know unless we see him. Um, you know, Ollie Griffiths is he? You know, Ellis Jane, I don't know. Could, could could one of these? You know, could one of these sevens or sixes have a, have a you know have a run of eight? Um, it's something that you've mentioned before, isn't it? Yeah, um, I mean, I do you know what the, the one over the years that I thought could have done a shift at eight was was Warburton. Uh, obviously, we yeah. don't have that option, and you can expect more um, 
more mournful comments from me of uh, of an autumn going by without Sam Warburton as I still come to terms with the fact I won't be seeing him in a Wales shirt again. Uh, but of those ones you mentioned, like, I think Navidi and, and Griffiths are the ones who've who've played the rugby eight. I don't really see Jenkins as being an eight. Um, yeah, I think I think it's Griffiths and Navidi. I think Griffiths could certainly do that job as an eight against um, in a, a game against Tonga possibly against Scotland but you know I think realistically you go for Moriarty in that game Navidi you know I, I think for me it's, it's Moriarty first choice Navidi second and then I think Griffiths will probably get in the squad so I think he does your emergency kind of uh, cover at eight yeah with those with yeah with Moriarty and, um, and Navidi we've got two two very very good uh, good guys at eight haven't we I've, I've, I like James King you know I like him yeah um, I think having a much really, better start really to the season as well I think yeah, he's, he's really underrated. If you watch him, just if you focus on him for almost a whole game, he, the shift he puts in is quite unbelievable. I know the Osprey supporters, club, you know, they, they, the supporters club really rate him. Um, he's good. He's technically very good. He doesn't make huge, you know, huge yards when he carries, and I suppose that's, uh, you know, that's, a, that's what you're looking for from an eight at times, isn't it? But around the park, um, you can't you can't fault him. Tackles hard. So he's, he's he's definitely somebody that Wales could call upon, but I don't think we really need to go down that route probably because he, he he's pretty consistent for me. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, for me, he's a really dependable player, good to have in the squad, generally speaking. You know, covers obviously four, five, six, eight, seven in a in a push. You know, I think we have to be have a real injury crisis for for King to start at seven. But you know, mid game, it's it's handy to have a player like that around. Um, but for me, I would be leaving him out of the squad just to try out some other players. Because again, I'd have no qualms if he gets in the World Cup squad. You know, he's not going to let you down. But in the short term, I'd be I'd be trying to have a look and, and see some of these some of these other players and and blood them at international level, given that bit of that bit of extra experience. Yeah, I agree. I agree with you. Anyone you'd particularly like to see in this squad, Dan? Anyone you've you know you would you'd be having a look at if you were Warren Gatlin? I think a lot of it is, um, you know, a lot of the squad is, is, you know, is as you'd expect, really. I think Lane, you know, you know, Lane is someone that um, is probably pretty close now, isn't he? If he, if he did yeah. okay on the injury front. Well, that's it. Nervous, nervous wait now, isn't it? I, I yeah. think the initial, the initial word seemed to be fairly positive that it was a bit more kind of cramping and tightness rather than than a tear so you hope so because he's been yeah he's been in fantastic form yeah I can't I, I don't see there being too many um, left field picks really um, is there anyone that you think likes to in yeah I, I don't necessarily see there being too many you know like I've said for me it is about having a look at those players personally like Patchell and and giving him a run, that that would be what I would do. Um, so I think it's probably more about about things like that. And you know, I think I think from the Dragons, people like Griffiths and Wainwright have got a, a decent shout of getting in there. And uh, I think I would like to see Dylan Lewis from the Blues get some game time, just because you know Tighthead is always is always a, a tough position. Samson is playing great rugby at the moment, but you know one injury away, and I think Dylan Lewis is offering you. Something fantastically yeah, different. He does look good, and he admitted he admitted himself, and he had a he had a bit of a tough time at uh, in, in the scrum there. But he's um, he's also really uh, 
really shown up the scrum at times this year, isn't he? When he's come on, when he's come on off the bench along alongside Reeskill and uh, Myhill. So. Well, and it's a different scenario when you've got Alan Wynn and, and Corey Hill or Adam Beard behind yeah. you because they, they're giving you a lot more grunt than when you've got um, than when you've got a couple back of back row forward. forwards who will give you that yeah. mobility around the pitch, but they don't give you necessarily the the weight and the heft. Uh, when it comes to scrum time, so you know, and, and you you do get better as a scrummer. I, I think Dylan Lewis is a really exciting prospect. Yeah. Um, so I'd like I to like see him in the squad. I think Win Jones is, is should be back in that oh. squad as well. He's, you know, probably had a a bit of an up and down game by his standards, but he's been he's been s- such a good find for the Scarlets and. Uh, from the Ospreys, of course, I'm, I would love to see. I'd love to see our boy Scott sneak in as the, the third choice, uh, third choice hooker. Um, I, he started. He started the season really well, and um, he's a good lad. So we'd look. Well, yeah, I think from a from a biased point of view, I would. I'd like to see him in there. But again, it's a position where we got we got so much strength now. There's loads of strength here, isn't there? I mean, he's he's, he's absolutely hurling himself around the park, isn't he? Certainly can't do any more, any more there. Um, when we when we run through these players, though, there's you know the, the sort of existing players. There, a lot of them we quite like to see in in slightly different um, partnerships or setups. And this, I, I, that's for that reason. That's why I can't see there being too many left field choices. No, I know, and and I think actually as well, it'd be nice to see some different. I, I think look, your, your South Africa and your Australia games, where I'm expecting them both. I think you've you've got to target them all out and out for wins so that is your strongest 23 in both of those games I think the Scotland game you can afford to try a couple of different combinations and I'd like to see that and then obviously the Tonga game you need you need rotation just to just to keep the the squad going at that point so that's where you expect to see uh to see the rotation so that would be my attitude going into it if I if I was selecting the uh the sides so for me I think it's it's less about having some players come in as bolters, if you like, and it's more about having some players who perhaps have been seen as, as backups in those positions, getting an opportunity, yeah. your Patchels, your Owen Watkins, those kind of players getting a chance, uh, uh, you know, in some, in some meaningful rugby. Yeah, he's one I'm looking forward to, to seeing, Owen Watkins. Yeah, I think so. Right, there, there is also, there's, um, we've had the, the AGM this week, which there's been some, some interesting findings come out. We're not going to have time to cover that on this week's podcast, but hopefully we will going forward. And uh, just really leaves us time to have a look at, at next week's fixtures. So like you said, Dan, the, the one that you're instantly drawn to is uh, is Leicester Scarlets on uh, on Friday night. That promises to be a humdinger. Yeah, I mean, every single, every time you, you know, you look at the games between those two, they've just been, there's something about them, isn't there? There's a real edge and you, you get excited. You get, you know, I do. I really do when I see, you know, Scarlet's against Leicester. Um, Prediction? Fancy the Scarlet's. Yeah. I fancy think. the Scarlet's in that. Yeah. Yeah. Seven point win. I think they're going to bounce back. Two point win. Tough game, but I think, I think, I think they're legit. Um, yeah. Dragons versus Northampton. That's also on the Friday night, obviously in the Challenge Cup. Do you know what? I'm going to back the Dragons on this after the after the, after the big win. Yeah, uh, God, I really hope so. I, th- I think that just could be the kind of thing that that would that would put a, a bit of spring in the step. So I hope you're right really, on that. I really want that to be the case. Yeah. Yeah, and um, again, you know, like we said, if you're Bernard Jackman, are you looking at um, going pretty much fully loaded in that game? To, yeah, to a degree, I think. Dragons have got to go in there and get and, and get wins. They've, they've got to 
you know, I think once you've got some wins, then you can start maybe tinkering around a little bit, you know. But at the moment, it's about getting the wins, getting the fan, getting the fans on side, um, getting that belief in the change room, and um, you know, so much will come from that. So it's it's a win for me. Be, inter- be interesting to see how seriously um, Northampton take it now. They suffered a, a pretty heavy defeat at home to Claremont. 20 points to 41. Um, you know, some, some pretty big names in, in that lineup. You know, Haskell, Tamana, Harrison, Hartley, uh, Dan Bigger played, Reiner. You know, it's, that is, that is a strong lineup. Uh, be interesting to see what they do or, you know, whether they actually think, right, we're going to concentrate on the league now. And that just, that makes you, uh, target it a bit more if you're the Dragons. Yeah. Well, yeah, they're not going to, they're not going to come in loaded, are they? I mean, they'll, um, and I think that's another reason why, yeah, the, the, the Dragons can look at the, you know, can look at this and 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 pick a squad, of course, you know, pick a squad that can do a job on them, really. Yeah, no, I think uh, I think you might well be right. Uh, then we've also got Worcester Ospreys on the Saturday, and I expect the Ospreys to target this as we as we've covered. And I think I expect them to get a win there too. Yeah, that'd be an interesting game that one. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to this one as well. I'm going to go with an Ospreys win. That- yeah, they're building some some nice momentum there. So at the moment, we're, um, going, we're going three from three Welsh opposition. Is this yeah. just uh, is this just us being very one-eyed, Dan? We're getting carried we're getting carried away, aren't we? It's happening. It's happening already. Early on in the season, um, on on the Ospreys as well. He's not an Ospreys player anymore, but sad news with uh, for Ashley Beth, isn't it? Oh, just uh, break. And of course, of course, he would have been relishing that that yeah. reuniting against his his old mates. It's do you know what? It's so sad, and we're, we're going to look back at Ashley Beck when he when he finishes playing rugby of just being, you know, one of those players who was blighted by injury, and when he was fit, he uh, he showed the the footballing class he had. So yeah, you, yeah, you've got to feel sorry for him. You wonder whether this might be, um, you know, whether I know I know age is still on his side, but you think the the, the injuries he's had, mm. whether this might be uh, one too many, you know, sadly. I hope that's not the case. Then. Yeah, no, I, I I hope so. And yeah, you're right. Another one, real, real sad point. <laughs> Which know. is uh, well, from from a sad point to a to a from something sad to a high is. Uh, did you see that Eli Walker has uh, has won his first boxing bout? Amazing story, isn't it? Yeah, and the Enzo Macronelli. I thought that was brilliant. Yeah, it'd be it'd be a really interesting <laughs> one, you know. Um, and I'd love to catch up with uh, with Eli on this one. So. Um, we were we were hoping to get him on in the summer uh, through um, through our mate Ben John, and unfortunately uh, the the timings just didn't work out. But it would be a really interesting one to to get on and and talk about that. So hopefully we will. Maybe we could go down to the gym, and uh, you know you could uh, we could get you in there. Me. <laughs> Man, I would be. I said I would be swinging for one yeah for for twenty five seconds in the hope. That I could, I could land, I could land something. At least, you, at least you'd be in there. I'd be, I'd be in the changing room. Then I'd, then I'd be taking a knee, and I'd be, I'd be looking into my corner, hoping Dan Killick, the cut man, throws the towel in. Right, last, last one, Dan. Uh, Cardiff Blues versus Glasgow. That is on Sunday. That's massive. Now home to Glasgow, uh, to Glasgow Warriors. What are we saying? Cardiff Blues. Bang! Let's home. do it. <laughs> Four out yeah, of four. Yeah, can't be anything other, can it? Four yeah. out of four would make for a very different tone Come on this on, podcast next week. Let's uh, let's hope you're right. But that brings us to a conclusion for this week's Attacking Scrum podcast. Make sure, as we say, you stay tuned to our social channels throughout the week for plenty of reaction to the Wales squad, and we'll have all of that 
uh, you know, we always put out posts pretty much daily on there. So, you know, you won't miss any of the big news. So make sure you follow us on Facebook. Uh, you follow us on Twitter at Attacking Scrum and join the group on Facebook and, uh, and follow us on Instagram as well. So, yeah, make sure you do all that. We'll, we'll keep you covered throughout the week. Uh, we'll be back to chat rugby very, very soon. But of course, quick word for our, for our sponsors uh, at So Coffee Trades. And, uh, yeah, make sure you do head over to socoffeetrades.co.uk uh, if you are a coffee lover. Right, Dan, thanks for joining us. And, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll be back to talk rugby again next week. Look forward to it. Cheers, mate.
Social Podcast Network.